0: Hello and welcome back, listener, to Gondor Calls for Ale, a Middle Earth strategy battle game podcast. Once again, I am Sam Gallagher, and with me is my brother, Ben.
1: Hello, hello.
0: So in this episode, we will continue talking about our adventures at Bilbo's Birthday Bash, an 800-point tournament in Richmond, Virginia. As we are Gondor Calls for Ale, we'll keep up our two-episode, well, really one-episode tradition, and I hope you have some sort of drink at hand.
1: I do have some sort of drink at hand. A drink foreshadowing things to come, perhaps, for I am drinking Denethor's Bitter IPA, an extra bitter beer, yielding foreshadowing doom of the future. And what about you, Sam? Have you brought a frosty beverage for, for to drink? On this wonderful afternoon. I sure have,
0: though Afternoon, less wonderful here It's quite rainy and horrible oh, really? I, Yeah, it's Oh, it's gross here I am having a Mahers Medicine, which is a, An alcohol Not approved for any hobbits
1: So, Sam, you're sipping There, sipping on your Mahers Mighty Mead Because you're not a little hobbit And it is, therefore Okay for you, and I was wondering, while you drink away, if, if, you, if you'll if answer a question for me. Uh, so as you know, I've been listening to Andy Serkis read The Lord of the Rings while I'm at work. And something that I remember Gandalf saying, now that I'm listening to the books again, is that he thinks that every wizard should have a hobbit to accompany them everywhere, to keep things in perspective. So do you think Grima counts as Saruman's hobbit, or he's maybe more useful <laughs> than a hobbit? <laughs> Hmm. how true is that statement do you feel the need for a hobbit in your life to keep you on track i mean i
0: i don't that's a that's an excellent question i don't know i feel like um i feel like if saruman did have a hobbit it would be ted Sandyman, obviously right (laughs) yeah the evil miller i mean you know it also could could very be very true which is why saruman goes back to the shire afterwards and he has many hobbits to to keep him on track,
1: Lotho could also be Saruman's hobbit. Oh,
0: that's true, right? Uh I'm sure we've said because we both feel this way pretty strongly that playing on Shire boards is
1: kind of the worst. Agreed, they're not the greatest for gaming on. But
0: I do I do really think it would be cool to do a scouring of the Shire board with like you know you have a big hobbit hole and you cave the top of the hill in so you know you could actually put people inside of the the rooms of the hobbit hole a little bit dig up dig up up back yeah and just do creepy you know the lock holes and the creepy creepy buildings that the ruffians live in basically a shanty town
1: yeah Uh, and don't they like you know build a new mill a big red building brick building
0: belching smoke i think i think it would be i think it'd be pretty that would be a pretty unique cool table
1: yeah, rather than having a bunch of steep hills that you can't really put models on. Yeah,
0: steep hills, annoying rivers, fields that kind of don't really work either. So,
1: Yeah, it's, it's funny that everyone knows that hobbits don't like boats and going in rivers, so why does every shire table have a river on it?
0: Because Hobbiton has a, a little bridge in the movies.
1: Yeah, I guess that's a favourite shot, isn't, yeah. isn't it? There's that bridge in, in Hobbiton.
0: Long answer to your question is, I don't think Green counts as a hobbit, I do think Saruman ends up getting his Hobbit Advisor for, for better nice. or for worse. All right, then. Time to ask you a, another Lord of the Rings-related question. My question for today is, as we are talking about a good versus evil tournament and both successfully did not bring a good army, and we both previously said that evil are our favorite armies, what army are you building yourself to be excited about playing that is a good army for an upcoming tournament or just as a like you know one day i might take a good army to a tournament
1: oh oh well this is a question that has long kept me awake at night questing my palantir for for guidance and i came down to gondor gonna gonna make me a gondor army because it's got a lot of options it's one of those lists that you can you build one army and then add on to it and, and make a bunch mm. of different armies off of it also when i were a young lad i was playing a game of bomb squig <laughs> at a games workshop store which is a game where you roll dice also known as powder think, monkey also known as powder monkey yep i don't even remember the rules anymore was it rolling threes it's, was three yeah you, it's, you, six? you
0: roll five dice any of your threes blow up you put aside all your sixes and ones and your sixes can blow up other people's ones and their sixes can blow up your ones.
1: That's right. And then you keep going and, and you know, everyone rolls and the round goes around and then everyone rolls again and the last person with dice left wins. Yes. Yep. So I won the uh, Gondor in an army box set from War of the Ring ah. in a game a game of bombswig <laughs> many, many, many years ago. So that. somewhere... Down in the basement is a whole bunch of Minas Tirith warriors that need to be painted and put on the field. But my take on it is going to be Gandalf riding out to rescue Faramir. Just to do something different. I don't want to run Boromir of the White Tower with the banner because everyone runs Boromir, Captain of the White Tower, with the banner of Minas Tirith. And I just want to do something different. A chance for Faramir, Captain of Gondor, to show his quality and a wizard that he can be a pupil to. Right.
0: You do know there are more... Boromirs of the White Tower in the country than there are in the city, right? Everyone <laughs> and their mums has got Boromir out here.
1: <laughs> yep. That sounds about right. Not as bad as Witch King on Fellbeast, but uh yeah, definitely true. seen seen many a Boromir. Also true. Uh, that sounds that sounds like a good time. Yeah. Yeah, and I want to put Irolas in there so that any time anything goes wrong I can say, long has my Lord Denador foreseen <laughs> this doom.
0: Nice. Well listener, yep. keep your ears peeled for an episode potentially where Ben plays some some Gondor and we'll have to find out if Faramir does in fact have a chance to prove his prove his worth. So so where did we leave off? How how were your first two games? Give us a quick recap.
1: So my first two games went really well. I got a major victory on my first game against a Lothlórien force, burning some supplies and slaying Kellerborn with Bolg, which was a highlight. And then my second game, a Maelstrom table quarter controlling game against Mordor, which I snuck out a minor victory against the Witch King just through auction shenanigans and luck. Excellent. And yourself, Sam, how did your first two games go? Quite done?
0: well. I, I had a major victory against The Last Alliance, where we felled Gil-galad, and mm-hmm. a major victory against Rohan, where we proved that Saruman's magic does, in fact, and Saruman's magic and Grima's silver tongue does, in fact, turn Théoden into an old crippled man.
1: <laughs> Indeed before we dive into today's episodes reporting on our next few games, are there any cool hobby projects you're working on at the moment Sam Anything fun you want to tell me about? Get me all excited for the future?
0: Well I'm still just churning away at Urkai I think I finished up six Urkai crossbowmen and varashku this week so pretty pretty productive. Mm-hmm. I also did a I counted up all the models. I've painted in the year so far and I'm at 101 models painted Mm. which puts my which puts my daily average of models at uh, 0.8 models a day. Wow. Wow. So I've got to paint. I've been for the last since 2020 I think I counted and tracked the number of models I've painted every year and last year I ended up painting 223. So if I can paint so I've got another what
1: 122 five, to tie that. Another.
0: Well, yeah, another 7 months to paint 123 to to beat it.
1: Ooh, piece of cake. No problem.
0: Right, should be doable. A new
1: power is rising. Its victory is at hand!
0: So, moving into round three of Bilbo's birthday bash tournament. Who were you playing against, Ben, and what was the mission?
1: Alright, so I was playing against Phaedon's Legendary Legion. I'm not actually sure what the official name is. But it's the one from the Battle of Pelennor Fields with all the heroes, and they get to call Death and have free hero combat. I believe that stuff. would be the
0: Riders of Théoden.
1: The Riders of Théoden, Legendary Legion. There you have Rohan's it. creative we Legendary
0: were... Legion naming system is Riders of and then main
1: army leader. Oh, is that right? So the Helm's Deep one is no. Is that's the Riders of Helm. No, but Riders it is it
0: is Riders of Théoden and Riders of Am and AMS riders or something. I maybe it's not quite right, but seems seems on brand.
1: Yeah, I mean they are the horse lords. They do they do a ride. And this army did a ride, but before we get into what it was, the mission was a clash by moonlight.
0: Alright, well shall I give us a quick a quick overview?
1: Yeah, go ahead and give us a quick overview of the a Clash by Moonlight, Sam.
0: Well, it's a pretty straightforward 12-inch up deployment, so reasonable 24-inch no-man's-land. So you get one victory point for causing a wound to the enemy leader, two if you instead kill them. If you break the enemy force, you get three victory points. If your force is unbroken and the enemy force is broken, you get five. You score one victory point if you have a hero remaining at the end of the game. If you have at least one hero and you have killed more heroes, your opponent you instead score three victory points. If you have at least one hero and your enemy has no heroes remaining you instead score five. And then of course there is the the Dark of the Night which is basically anything that's ranged has a its range reduced to twelve but shooting attacks get plus one to wound.
1: And the army was in with four Royal Guard all on horse. Then we've got Gamling with his banner on horse and three riders of Rohan with bows. And they the only reason that they weren't Royal Guard is he didn't have any more Royal Guard models. Then we've got eomer with four Royal Guard all on horse. Elfhelm with three Royal Guard all on horse, and another hero whose name I couldn't remember. I kept getting him and Elfhelm mixed up. It, it wasn't Dernhelm, just another on heroes. wine thank you, that's what it was and I could never keep track of which model was which not that it mattered. Fair enough. I was like Darwin. no he's like that's Elfhelm. I was like okay okay. next time I'll get it right and I'd be like Elfhelm. he was like no no that's Daewyn I'm like okay next time I'll get it right I didn't get it right all game should have uh, into it, bring had... the
0: mental game just start calling all the heroes different names
1: oh yes, keep calling them all Theoden <laughs> anyway and it, also in his warband there were three royal guards for a total of 22 models almost all of them are royal guard with that sweet bodyguard special rule and three bows and their throwing spears of course are plus one to wound in the met by Clash by Moonlight scenario so uh, pretty rough uh, Legendary Legion or forced to run into on that scenario because their throwing distance is the same it's still eight inches they just get plus one to wound yeah
0: that is pretty brutal so we sort of just covered it a little bit i assume you were feeling less confident going into this game fighting an all cavalry army with not much cavalry of your own and an army that had a large amount of plus one to wound shooting is that is that the case
1: i mean i felt okay because the terrain i felt could be okay for me in this we were fighting in this ruined city i would have loved to be fighting in a whole bunch of woods or stuff with area terrain to really yeah. deny that cavalry charge burners but there was some rubble that we discussed before the game would be would be terrain. And there was this big tower in the middle of the field that there was just no way for him to move through. I could move through it, but he couldn't. And then some ruins in each sort of corner of the board, making a kind of like five pattern, you know, with one building and, and four and some rubble around. And it kind of boxed the board out pretty well. And I thought, ah, you know, Whatever the shooting is, either gonna maul me or it's gonna whiff, and there's nothing I can do about it. There never anything. There never is anything I can do about shooting with this army. So like whatever, I'll just cop the shooting. It's okay. So I felt okay. I thought I might have a chance if I played the terrain right, and I did my best. I ranked up. The way the battle lines ended up going down, you know, we moved, We both moved forwards, and I won the, the second turn of priority. And he sort of expected me to move up, but I didn't. I just camped my battle lines on either side of that center tower. Pretty much split my force in the middle and waited for him to charge me the next turn. My, my cunning plan was that I was gonna win priority or call a move and push with one flank at him, and then like, clap the other flank away from him. So like, really just he force him to split his force in half and then just like, swarm one half of it was my cunning battle plan. But of course it did not go that way. I called the move and lost the move off on both flanks. So uh, I got, no, I only called one move, Lost the move off, he charged my one flank, he charged my other flank, and I had kind of bottlenecked ball behind a bunch of orcs, so he couldn't get in. And I won a couple of fights and killed some Royal Guard, you know, four orcs, two, two guys in combat, two spear supports, fighting one Royal Guard. But the Royal Guard, a fight five or fight four on the charge? Fight five and on the charge, within a so he...
0: distance of Théoden.
1: Yeah, so on the one flank with Théoden, they're higher fight than me on the other flank without Thaden, they're still far higher fight than me. And they're strength 4 on the charge, so they only need 5s to win my guys, and I just orcs just started dying. I killed a couple of Royal Guard. Heroes managed to get into my ogres and killed my ogres. The bats did okay for a little bit until I just kept losing priority and the bats went down and my whole force just started crumbling. It really was not going my way. On the turn that Theoden called his death, where they all get heroic combats, I had ten guys left on the board. Um, the game ends at quarter your opponent and I quarter at nine. Mm. So, so he was one guy away from quartering me and he had this pretty cool, opp- or brutal for me, opportunity to like completely table me. He didn't quite pull it off, a couple of my orcs shielded for, for the survival and Bolg managed to call a heroic combat, which because of the way Theoden's you know, heroic combats work, Bolg got his master of battle. And then Theoden calls his combat, and then combats alternate, so it's Bolg next. And Bolg turned around, killed the royal guard that he was in combat with, and charged straight into Gambling, and skewered Gambling. Nice. Uh, so I got that was my consolation. Bolg got to kill Gambling, and the game was pretty much over from there. The throwing spears with the plus one to wound surprisingly didn't really do very much. He whiffed that first couple of rounds with them, but it really didn't matter after the main clash and the next clash with the cavalry charge i just couldn't just couldn't keep up with the casualties i was taking and by the end of the game i had one victory point for having Bolg go alive on the table and he had eight victory points oof
0: oof! Yeah. so a major yeah. defeat what a
1: a major defeat from a yeah.
0: way to end day one yeah yeah i do think with that army Or with your army against a cavalry force and you know i think ideally we can we need to play a bunch of practice games is really get into you know leaving the gaps for your your ogres and bog to get into into to like counter charge if if they're gonna because they're probably always going to outcharge you just by at least staying seven away You know, so if you just set up to take the charge and have these these gaps... And basically, I think your ogres become way more valuable in that game. And just avoid, like, the plague, the heroes. Because at the very least, you'll fight... Even though you're only a fight five ogre, you're going to be making a roll-off for Royal Guard near Theoden. Or you're, like, you're beating the other ones even if you lose like he, i you know assuming this situation that i'm envisioning he's charged a, an orc and then your ogre countercharges into a royal guard or two but even even if you lose more like, like he'll probably still just kill the orc cuz he's not going to knock the ogre down um That's so true. it makes the ogre more survivable and it and and also it's three extra attacks in the combat you know so you go from being even attacks at best if you have a spear to an additional three attacks over him so
1: yeah i had the right idea i think i you're right leaving the holes would have been key ball getting bottlenecked for one or two turns yeah was really bad my ogre ended up losing a combat to two royal guard and died and aimer wrenched the other one after striking up and i just got unlucky like i didn't i don't know how many priorities i won but it wasn't a lot and my bats you know, I can't pluck anyone, so they have to go into combat with somebody. you just got to throw them in there in this game. They get two attacks, and if you win the fight... But the bats kill stuff, because they've got that piercing strike yeah. uh, thing where they remove two from your defense against the bats' hits. They pretty much win everything on threes. But the, the, high, the high fight on those Royal Guard would just kill me. You know, the bats would go in, and then I'd lose combat, and they'd turn around and kill the bat, because they're still infantry. And people, you're right with, like, the Ogre and the Orcs, but people get scared of the Ogres, and they're only defense 5, so they tend to strike against the Ogre, because although you don't knock them down, you're still throwing two dice, because you got the cavalry charge, because it's infantry. Right,
0: then I guess that's, you know, if it takes them two, if they get lucky, and it takes them two turns to kill an Ogre, that's that's A, two combats they have to win on, you know, if you're doing it, if you, if you do it right, at worst, tied fight value, and, yeah. you know, and even if they do kill the ogre that's that's they're more likely to have potentially killed two orcs or four orcs across those two combats than one ogre I would try and keep the ogres well in reserve and same with the defense seven captains as as tanks I mean it's really tough not that things get getting knocked down and trapped but
1: yeah. Although the benefit to that is there's no reason for you to back away and I made, I made advantage of that. I was like, well, because I'm getting back da- knocked, knocked down, my spear support guys will not make way and I will hold this line and I did yeah. like, he really, the only way he got through my lines and he did towards the end of the game was he killed the front guys and then he had to take a couple of turns and kill the back guys and he did lose royal guard along the way. I was one, one away from breaking him so I killed 10 of them. The like, gambling may have even been the one, that, no, because he didn't break he didn't break so i was one away from breaking him he got that sweet five victory points for but for yeah it is
0: that's a big brutal swing because the other thing as well right is i think that's a that's certainly a game where you try and uh as as other more successful podcasters might say use the voice of saruman and just constantly be talking up how this you know like oh don't forget this ogre can hurl and you know like oh he could come in and he's you know and even if you only like I. Yeah, a couple of good hurls, but you don't even fine, you don't that. even need yeah. good ones necessarily like um you know ones where you hit three guys if you pick up a, a royal guard and huck him into one other royal guard sweet two, bonus two yeah power. and they yeah. potentially break their necks falling off the horse be- or because they mm. they automatically are knocked flying right you know, so it's not even being an expert rider lets you re roll. You can't re roll an automatic result. So, you know, they're just taking a strength three hit. So, yeah, you need sixes, but it's not, they're doing nothing. And, and then there's the opportunity to if You put an ogre into one guy, you can barge and go into two more royal guards, you know, pull another one off that's maybe only fighting one orc or something. So, I really think it's. And I think, but I think it's a, it's a, a hard thing to do without practicing against the orc cavalry armies. But
1: it, yeah, but it was. A good game in the sense of like I mean obviously a lot of learning experiences. I think we've talked more about all the things that like counter tactics against that legion already than, than the report itself. Like a good learning game for sure. Yeah, and definitely one that I would I would play that same board, same player, same army matchup, same mission again, nice. and feel. Like after the first game, if maybe if not win, it would not be the major defeat that it was. Yeah. It definitely came away with a lot to think about and learn from in that game. So you know, an enjoyable game all around. And Spencer, my opponent, was a great guy to play against. He was also kind of new back to the game and didn't, you know, he learned some things as well about when to call Heroic, because he had so much might in that yeah. He was calling Heroics willy-nilly. But because of the way, you know, I, with a Heroic, action off you know he goes first then it's my action and then it's his action so yeah you don't it doesn't go all your way you call three heroic moves well i call a heroic move and i'm definitely going to move before one of yours yeah for sure so there was definitely some of that where maybe he shouldn't have called the move yeah
0: i mean it also sounds like he he did not use death very effectively if you are calling death on a turn where you're one away from shattering your opponent you could have actually you could have potentially had that shatter three turns ago you know yeah
1: yeah absolutely absolutely all right
0: an interesting a bit of a a shame for us because obviously we always want us to entirely win but sounds like it was a, a, a fun and very as you said learning intensive game which is always nice
1: yeah yeah it was so that was my game three a clash by moonlight what was your game three sam who were you playing against and what did they bring
0: well i was playing against a guy called hunter who was awesome, it ended up being my favorite game of the tournament, super great guy, very fun, and I was playing against the Moria Legendary Legion, which I have no idea what its actual name is, the Riders of the Balrog, maybe? (laughs) The Riders of the Balrog? No, so it was, that was, so yeah, it was a, so it was a Balrog is the army leader with a warband of a bunch of Moria goblins, a... Moria Goblin Captain with, like, twelve Moria Goblin Archers. Yeah, yeah. Another Moria Goblin Captain with a bunch of Moria Goblins. And I think... And he had a drum, he had a Black Shield drum. And I think he had another Captain. I think it was three Captains in the Balrog and just a bunch of Moria Goblins.
1: Oh, so no fancy black shield goblins or shamans? I, or I
0: don't think so, because I don't actually think they're in that Legendary Legion.
1: Right, it's just all about the Balrog. It's that, that flight across khazad
0: Yeah, so this was a, a bit of a brutal game as far as playing against that Legendary Legion, because you don't count as breaking them until you do five or more wounds to the Balrog, which is very difficult. I should have concentrated on doing, doing that a little bit more, as as we'll talk about.
1: So going into this mission, you've got your Isengard force against the Balrog. What kind of table were you playing on, and, and you know how did you feel about this this ill by this clash by? Moment? Um. So we were
0: playing on a board that had a bunch of these big walls and a bunch of little walls, which uh. was kind of kind of interesting. I didn't.
1: By by big walls, you mean like. Like castle walls, like yeah. blocking line of sight, and you're not gonna move over. Yeah,
0: them? like eight foot tall by six foot or eight foot, <laughs> eight inches tall by six long or something, and they were a square, okay. and so there were sort of, there were there were big gaps between them, but it was basically we were just gonna be fighting in the middle of this of this, of this board and have a few little small good, pro you could you'd have to take a climb test to get over them model height or taller. So, like, two inches by two inch wall sections. It, it was an okay table. It looked it looked all right. It definitely was not particularly Lord of the Ringsy and not the most fun to try and navigate. It sort of ended up being a bit of a pain to move around these walls. And as far as how I felt going in, I was pretty sure I was going to lose. I don't really have an answer for the Balrog. I only have one character that can strike and he's only got two attacks, and he's only fight five, and the Balrogs fight ten, right? So, at best, I equal him, and then it's a roll-off.
1: Not a lot of hard answers to the Balrog, really, are there? No. There's a lot of sort of, like, maybe I'll just keep feeding him bodies, and he'll go away. Right,
0: and, and so that was... And then, you know, he's ten will, and magic, ten. yeah, and magic resistant. Oh, so Saruman can't... Transfix! Transf- I mean, I could, but it just wasn't a realistic option. So this just a, was a poor scenario for f- to play against it, or to play against that Legendary Legion, because you get five points for the break, and the other big scoring points is killing heroes. So, you know, I basically need to do wounds or kill the Balrog. And I think as I went in, I had a bit of a defeatist attitude, so I didn't, I didn't really think it through and wasn't okay. What I have to do is... Do five wounds to the Balrog. That's got to be the the point. So I so I didn't.
1: And you, yeah, and the, the the shortened line or shortened range on your crossbow has got to hurt as well. Yeah, it's not like you can even sit back and just throw strength four shots at the Balrog from range. Yeah, or and plink a couple of off of them.
0: Or you know, ideally, I would have I you know just sit back and shoot more goblins until it was until I was vastly outnumbering him and just trying to deal with the, the Balrog was the main thing. I was. Dealing with instead, it was I was trying to deal with a horde of Moria goblins and a Balrog, which ended up being pretty tricky. I also yeah. successfully forgot the entire game that my crossbows were at plus one to wound, so you wow. know that's <laughs> would have really mattered. You know, I should have been wounding, killing Moria goblins on like fours, which would have been pretty nice because I would have got yeah. I would have got at least two turns of shooting if I didn't move because they only move five. You know, so. Ooh.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So, you know, I had a few a few awesome moments. Grima Wormtongue was just absolutely awesome. He was stopping Moria Goblin captains from doing, like, anything. There were a couple times where he, like, a old, right? You know. A couple times where he wanted to call a move, couldn't. So basically, I had control of the game because I have enough might that I could be calling the moves. And Grima was stopping him from really wanting to counter-call. So I had I won. You know, we got to the point where closing ranks. I won a priority, managed to get a, a fierce urukai into combat with the bowrorg, and then he had a moria goblin sitting just in front of the Og, So Saruman scoots sideways and a little bit forwards, and Sorceress blasts right into this moria goblin, shoots him like two inches backwards, and hits the combat with the bowrorg. And having done a lot of preparation for this tournament, I made sure I read all the FAQs on Sorcerer's Blast. And despite the fact that the Balrog is over Strength 6, so normally you're not knocked down unless you're under Strength 6. So if your Strength 6 or higher, Sorcerer's Blast hits you. You just move back, but you don't fall over. So the FAQ is, <clears throat> if you hit a combat, it doesn't matter. It knocks everyone prone, irregardless of their strength. So Saruman rolls up. Sorceress blasts and Moria Goblin, the Balrog combat, knocks a single Urukai, and significantly more importantly, the Balrog over. So the Balrog's not doing anything that turn, which is awesome. awesome. So then, you know, we fight fight some combats, kill a handful of Moria Goblins. I'm feeling really confident about how I'm doing in the middle, and he had deployed his captain with the 12 archers off to his right flank, my left, and just started, like moving them up. To, and I was like, man, there are like no more goblins here. There's just a bower. This is great. And then this just wall of 12 more goblins and the captain started like closing in on me. And I was like, oh, no, I'm suddenly feeling significantly less good about this. So the bower rock's on the floor. Next turn, I think I used my Palantir to go first. He didn't That's He nice. didn't want to call any moves because Grima Wormtongue was like, "You really? I really don't think it's a good idea. And I just pile a, a reasonable. I put one. I I think I I ended up putting like four or five urkai into the the bowerog on the floor just because I if I get one into him he can't he potentially wins the combat, but has just stands up. So I'm keeping on the the ground for another turn, and you know maybe I can chip some wounds and. So we go into that combat, and I, I think this is where I'm this is my biggest mistake of the game is I really should have hard committed into putting as many Urukai into that Balrog as possible and just trying to get some wounds. Mm. And we do the combat, he rolls like a five high, and and I win the combat and the Bowerrog on the floor and he's yeah. trapped and I'm like Grr! and I didn't get a single wound. And I had, you know, I think I had two Uruks in there with Pike Supports and maybe one other. Like, But that was it. Like, I really should have... I should have made sure I had Gluk in there. I should, have, I should have done the three ranks of Pike Supports. I should have really just committed to trying to do it. But, you know, I kept the Bowerrug on the floor for another turn. And then I think I used a move the next turn or one priority and piled into the Balrog and, you know, put one guy into the Balrog again. So, you know, I managed to, I mitigated the Balrog for a reasonable number of turns um, because he, you know, I knocked him over, I trapped him in combat, I did the same thing again the following turn, but he won the combat that time, so he stood up, and then I sorceress of blasted him again down again. But by that time, you know, the hordes of Moria goblins were starting to take their toll, and... And and I think Saruman failed a Sorceress blast one turn, and the power got free and just started cutting through things. Um, so it was it felt like it was a really close game, and I was doing a really good job of trying to win this war. That I you know was really a really tough 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 go for me. So after all of that, it ended up being seven victory points to one. So it was a major defeat just because that break you know he broke me i didn't break him i think we each got one for the and he must have came i think he eventually got the balrog into saruman at the end of the turn that must have been the only thing right is we would we were tied on the characters he got five points maybe he did a wound to saruman um and i didn't you know i I had killed some characters and had or had characters left, so that was my one victory point. Cause that was the other thing I should have really committed to trying wounding the Balrog, because that would have at least got at least gotten me an additional point at the end of the game. But
1: Yeah. So tough matchup,
0: though. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was tough. It was a super awesome game. It was hilarious. You know, shooting more goblins into the Balrog and knocking them over. We were both like hooting and hollering and having an Absolute great time. So,
1: now, did the Moria goblins tend to survive that experience, or did they just like hit the barog and turn into little Moria goblin pancakes on his scaly heart? I
0: think they typically died because it's they take a strength five hit. So, I also and
1: then do they take another hit for hitting the strength hit for hitting the combat?
0: I don't think the they do. Everyone in the combat takes a strength three. So I think I actually killed my Urkai in that combat. <laughs>
1: even right oh right that would make sense because the balrog was on the floor the second time.
0: yeah yeah Yeah, i definitely did and i was like great i'm not engaging this this giant smoking flaming pile of demon of ancient world so so yeah it was
1: takeaway there though is that whenever a balrog runs into a wizard it falls right
0: yeah seriously uh so i think i think had the mission been different it would have been an entirely different game, because I I really lost because I the break was worth so many points.
1: Yeah, being broken and not being broken, the swing there as well. It's, it's uh, five points. Yeah. Reason. So you know. That's huge.
0: But it was it was a fun, it was a fun game. So my day one ended with two major wins and one major loss. How how did you end, Ben?
1: My day one ended with a major win, a minor win, and a major mm. loss. So a bit of a downward trend there.
0: So a bit of a sad end of the day for the famous Gallagher boys. But then we got to we we got to go and spend the evening in uh, the most beautiful hotel I've ever been in.
1: Oh yeah, a super 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 smoky. Yeah, super it eight. was
0: less than ideal, but. That's okay, we're not here to review hotels or motels
1: or holiday inns. No, we're here to review more games of Middle Earth Strategy Battle.
0: So we started the next morning. We're ready. I've got five... So to complete my goals, I guess we can recap. My my major goal coming into this tournament was to end with a winning record. So I just had to win one more game and then none of it mattered.
1: Likewise for me, I always got to go kill stuff with bulk, which isn't difficult to do. But I just got to win one more game to get that we yeah, get that sweet winning record. We had two games today, and my real goal was if I was gonna, if I was only gonna win one game, I wanted to win my last game. So trying to win one game, preferably my last game, go home on that winning. All high. right,
0: well, stay, stay attentive, listener, as we will finally get into day two, round four of Bilbo's birthday bash, Ben. Who were you playing against, and what was the mission?
1: I was playing against a Minas Force, and the mission was Lords of Battle. You wanna give us a quick
0: rundown Indeed of Indeed I do. Soon? So, listener, Lords of Battle, 24-inch deployment zone. So, no no-man's land, just right up in each other's grill. The scoring is basically kill points. Keep a tally of your wounds. If you score more wounds than your opponent, you get three points. If you score double the amount of wounds than your opponent, you get five. And if your wound tally is three times your opponent, or your opponent has no models left on the board, you instead score seven. There's also one, one point for wounding an enemy leader, two for killing, and one for breaking, and three if your force is unbroken and the enemy force is broken. There is also a special rule in this scenario, a time of heroes. For each time a hero in your force kills an enemy hero in a fight, one of your hero models in the same fight regains a single point of might lost earlier in the game.
1: Well, this was indeed a time for heroes, because this was a seriously hero-heavy Minas list. It was led by none other than the steward of Ecthelion himself, Denethor leading seven Fountain Court Mm. and four uh, Citadel Guard, one of which had a bow. And the next warband is Boromir, captain of the White Tower on horse, leading 14 warriors of Minas Tirith in a pretty classic, you know, seven spears, seven shields. Did he have the banner?
0: Okay.
1: He did have the banner. Boromir with the banner on horse. Uh, The final, or the next warband is uh, Kyrian, or Syrian, Kyrian, I think, with two veterans of Osgiliath 2 Citadel Guard and 7 Rangers and he also had this struck me as a bit odd I did ask him how it worked out for him in Maelstrom he also had Huron and Irolas just running around on their own free ranging heroes Uh, he said it had worked out fine for him in Maelstrom because he managed to roll like all fours oh well, (laughs) there you go (laughs) came in on one point but he didn't have a march I was kind of curious as to how it worked out for him but there you go or maybe Irelas has the march, anyway, anyway. Yeah, a lot of heroes, and a lot of bodies too, it's like over 40 Jeez. bodies in that army. So a lot for me to try and get through. And we were fighting in front of the- Ah, planet. very nice. It's a pretty cool board, lots of big rocks around that just sort of blocked off the battlefield. If anyone was, you were either going around them or making climbing tests, and let's be honest, in a tournament you're not making climb tests unless you're, you're on the bottom table playing for sillies and the black gates are just on one flank of the, of the board. So they're just scenery, visual scenery, rather than scenery that you really interact gotcha. with. Gotcha. And like you said, no no man's land, just right up in each other's grill, there was this big tall rock in the middle of the of the table, pretty much right dead center of the table. So I deployed my first warband, anchored on that rock with the banner and a bunch of gundavads and he put down Boromir right opposite me, like one inch apart. Boromir's like sort of hiding behind the rocks, for whatever reason, I don't really know why, maybe to spread his bubble around. The next warband that he put down, or a later warband that he put down, and his his warband stretching off to one side. So I put down my other warband further along, not on the other side of the rock, just further along. My goal was I was just gonna try and wrap Boromirs. I expected him to, to put another warband in front of mine, but he didn't. He puts his rangers back, From me, and I put Bolg down, and spoiler alert, I did a really bad job deploying here. I left my bats too far out on the flank. His rangers were down, and I was like, okay, I want to hide my bats from those bows. So I put them behind the rock, and then he puts down Denethor's warband on the other side of that rock, instead of in front of my orcs, ready to just, like, outflank me and charge into my bats. And Denethor, of course, is hiding behind the giant rock. And hilariously enough, he deployed one of Denethor's archers, the one citadel guard with the longbow, right on top of that rock in the middle of the ball. Awesome. Yeah, it was it was pretty hilarious. And then uh, Kiri, oh sorry, um, Irolas and Huron just dropped down uh, on that flank as well. Irolas near Boromir and Kirin, uh, ready to lead Denethor's charge. Denethor's gonna hide behind the rock and Huron's gonna do all the work for him. So, I lost the first priority, and my bats got charged by a whole bunch of Fountain Court guys, and the shield walls lock. And I'm like, I've totally got, I've got 24 Gundabad Orcs against 14 Warriors of Minas Tirith backed up by Rangers directly behind them. Like, there's no reason I should not be able to surround these Minas Tirith Warriors and just get the traps and grind down that defense seven. But those two Osgiliath veterans in Kyrians, Warband ended up doing work. Those two guys held that flank the entire game. There's a wall of Minas Tirith Warriors in front of them, two Osgiliath veterans, and some rocks with a bunch of Rangers on top of the rocks. And those two range those two veterans like won their fights. They didn't kill many orcs, but they won their fights and held off my whole like flank of orcs. Just could not surround those 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 guys. Meanwhile, Boromir, the Captain of the White Tower, punches through my shield line off a of heroic combat and kills mm. my banner. Ja! With his banner. And my two bats are dead. So Bold turns around and charges into Boromir. And the next turn, with a bunch of his buddies with him, and we knock Boromir off his horse throw him down and throw down three wounds on Boromir and he fates them all but now he's like fellowship Boromir he's Mm. got no fate and he's on the ground and I'm like it's my time to kill you Boromir and this is where I messed up again I charged Bolg in there and I was like I'm gonna commit I was unlike you and your Balrog where you were just like I don't want to commit I committed hard and I threw a whole bunch of orcs into Boromir as well um and then Irelas charged into Bolg and peeled Bolg off of Boromir, so it's now Boromir fighting a bunch of orcs and Bolg fighting Irelas. Did
0: you at least heroic combat with with Bolg to try and kill Irelas?
1: I did heroic combat with Bolg, but I did not kill Irelas, so Bolg wasted his heroic combat. Irelas survived, and Boromir fights off the orcs mm, and stands up. Bummer. And Hurin is meanwhile, my two ogres are like holding that flank against this horde of fountain court guard. They're like, I, I'm trying to surround Minas Tirith, but these fountain court guard are like running around, ring around the rock. This game it was ring around the rock. And his shield wall's holding off mine. And meanwhile, the two ogres are desperately trying to fight off these fountain court guard. Hurin, the tall, with his master crafted two-handed sword, uh, yeah, pretty great, slays an ogre. And my berserkers are trying to fill the gap between another piece of scenery and just really hold that flank for me. And Uh, You know, Bal goes into Boromir again the next turn, and I'm like, this time, this time for sure, I'm going to kill Boromir, and Denethor is going to, you know, freak out, and and it'll just be funny. I don't know that I'd have necessarily done anything about it, but Boromir called a heroic defense. Bal got eight dice to try and kill Boromir, and I only got one six. So Boromir, I got a wound on him. I did get a wound on him, but Boromir survived yet another turn, and my one ogre on the flank turned around, beat Huron off, and rendered him, and ripped him limb from limb, and killed Huron. That was quite satisfying. Excellent, indeed. But those two Osgiliath veterans on the other flank are still, like, just defying my wall of orcs. They just will not yield that flank. Veterans, man. He did a good job of filling up the space with bodies. And uh, he just ground me down. The final score was six victory points to four victory points for me. So a, major, mm. a minor loss. A minor loss. Ah, uh, tough. And again, one yeah tough I the way I deployed my fast stuff, Bolg and the bats and the ogres I never really got to use my speed the bats died way early mm. on uh, hilariously enough that archer that I mentioned on top of the rock his, his mission was to snipe Bolg off his warg but he missed the warg and hit Bolg and pinged my fate off of Bolg which was kind of funny it didn't matter because Bolg never lost a fight Ugh. but it was funny that on that first turn Bolg had uh, had been sniped at by the bowman
0: mm. Jeez.
1: but yeah you know uh, a tough game I struggled to just roll well uh, it, oh it's always in the dice I lost it's always in the dice but it, it felt a little bit like that I couldn't win any fights and when I did win any fights the defense 7 minister guys were really tough I tried to piercing strike with my berserkers but every time I piercing struck the berserker would lose the fight and then just be defense yeah two I MPI. don't think it's so I sort of stopped I sort of stopped yeah. doing that but you know I don't know it was just it was just a tough game and that one the one mistake that I made that really could have turned it round was when I I had Bolg in combat with Boromir, and I put two more orcs into Boromir. If i just left it Boromir on Bolg, sure, it would have been Boromir and Irilass fighting Bolg, but Bolg's still going to win that fight. Or at least it's going to be a strike-off, you know? I felt uh, that's, that was my big mistake. I didn't i didn't get to kill Boromir when yeah. I could have.
0: Uh, Well, shame. Shame to start the day with a loss, but what can you do?
1: So that was my game for Sam, Lords of Battle. Should feels like Bolg should have been a Lord of Battle, being a Master of Battle. But alas, he was not. Boromir was in fact the Lord of that battle. How did your Lords of Battle game go? A, perhaps a tough mission for uh, the White. Well,
0: wizard. if uh, if we're going to have a mission from the the Pool, this is the one I want because it it's not reliant on Saruman to to kill stuff, right? It's just his his army.
1: Yeah, that's true it's just army
0: hill so i was playing against another moria army this time it was not the legendary legion and didn't <laughs> have a balrog which is pretty nice so it was moria monsters which is yeah. pretty fun the army leader i believe was derbers and he had a, just a bunch of moria goblins and a cave troll in his warband he also had a black shield captain with a bunch of black shields which was pretty cool he had two black shield shamans whoa yep which was a little a little concerning about that shatter so he also had a warband of druzag the beast caller with a whole mess of wild wogs spiders and i think he had three bat swarms wow yeah so it was definitely moria monsters we were playing on the table with a bunch of ruins and it's sort of the big central piece was like kind of a ruined watchtower which was pretty neat because he had a much swarmier army i just hard deployed to my right so on the on the right side of the center and he put drew egg and all his monsters directly behind the tower and basically was going to like you know spiders run over it or and wars run around it and so i had a, I, my last warband I think I put down sort of in response to that a little bit was Rashku and his three crossbows just back from my main line and but still like tucked so I basically had an L deployment shape and I was like I can shoot at spiders and wags as they come around this building and basically the uh I you know made sure we deployed I think we deployed Twelve inches or so apart. I definitely deployed pretty far. I think, or maybe I deployed twelve off the center, and he deployed right on the center. Because I was, well, I'm gonna take my several turns of shooting with crossbows at you, and and
1: yeah, I want to maximize those crossbows. Yeah, and
0: that's what that's what I did. I got a a couple kills with crossbows in the beginning. He, you know, I took out a spider, which he was slightly concerned about and he was really he really was concerned about these crossbows and you know saruman was sorceress blasting a random goblin back i think i i think i transfixed the cave troll just to stop it from moving for a turn nice
1: gotta love that sweet what is it yeah it's pretty saruman? or
0: not transfixed immobilized because he's a wizard so so yeah, and then as the lines got, you know, the lines got closer, he came in kind of piecemeal. He was able to get his black shield warband right up in my, f- and he just like I think he was able to get one charge in, and I was like fine, and and I I think it was after my movement, but then the next turn I got my head priority and I just swarmed this warband of black shields with urux, and I think maher was over there as well. And man, those three attacks is super great.
1: <sighs> nice. Sounds like you were able to fairly concentrate, keep your force concentrated while you know keeping his big horde fairly broken up by the terrain and, and capitalize on it coming. Yeah, me. I and mean,
0: that was that was definitely definitely the the plan, and and just using you know using Saruman to 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 control his. His various scary things, and he, you know, he started getting bats in places which were they ended up being really, really irritating to deal with, but.
1: Now, what about those two shattering shamans? Did they get up? They didn't
0: really, because shatter is only a six-inch range, and they only move five, so it's only so it's a pretty short range. And he got one into position early enough that I was able to. I think I Sorceress blasted somebody out of the way. And I was able to... I, I killed one of them with crossbow fire before it really did anything. And then later in the game, I managed to get Ugluk and, like, three urks into durbers All right, so what? So his troll came up. I got Ugluk and enough urks to surround the troll. I also, tra- I also immobilized it, so even if it won the fight, it wasn't going to be striking any blows and just super seal the deal Ugluk called a strike and I killed the troll in one round of combat no problem because I just needed a two to be higher fight than him and then the next turn I think I used my Palantir because Durbas had been hiding behind this cave troll surrounded Durbas with Ugluk and a bunch of Uruks and the shaman then rolls up and has tried to shatter Ugluk's sword 'Cause it's the only weapon he has, so, you know, why not? But he rolled he rolled really low for it. It didn't the spell didn't even go off. And then I think I think Uglu called a combat and I basically I was able to eventually get a couple of Uruks into the Shaman a few turns later and, and cut him down. And it really was just he wasn't I was winning most of the fights with my higher fight and I was killing goblins or beasts and he just wasn't able to to get the kills he had he he got his warband of spiders and wags up up on the flank and was doing some doing some work with them because i had i didn't really have the numbers on that side and the two attacks same fight strength four with the poison was doing doing some work into my crossbowman yeah. spiders are good
1: spiders but they really are
0: good. also incredibly delicate so yeah, you know, crossbows wound them on fours Two
1: wounds, yeah. though. a little bit of survival well against crossbows yeah all right fair enough what about Grimer? I notice noticeably ab- absent so far in your report. What did you keep him away from the shamans? Because no, magic-
0: I think I I think I stuck him into the middle because I decided if they were using tremors on Grima, they only have maybe four will, you know, and tremors not that reliable. That I would be more than I would be okay to trade Grimer for a, sh- a shaman not shattering Saruman's staff. Or that was the thing I was really worried oh, about. But he's got such long range. <laughs> That I was and he was on a horse, right? So I was just able to keep him back and away from them and send goblins flying with Sorcerer's Blasts. And
1: mm, sounding like a pretty good game for it, you was, the,
0: it was. was. It was. It ended I scored ten victory points and he scored zero. So it was oh. a major victory to the forces of Isengard
1: sounds yeah. like
0: it yeah it was good the guy it, it was a nice guy to play against and it was you know another just example of the army doing what i had built it to do and just leveraging really really solid basic troops and then saruman being there to be uh hilarious and magicing people
1: yeah and i'm making a plan at the beginning to concentrate your force and and try and use the terrain and and yeah sounds like you made a plan and stuck to it and it worked out for you
0: yeah, definitely, definitely, you know, whether it was intentional or otherwise, it definitely worked out for me, that's for sure. Round five, the final round of Bilbo's Birthday Bash. Who were you playing against? What was the mission, then?
1: Oh, right, so I was playing against Jake, and the mission was Capture and Control, another objective Capture
0: and Control has random warband deployment. Basically you have to roll for each warband on a 1, 2 or 3 they have to deploy within 12 inches of the center line. Seems like most people just ignore that because everyone does that anyway. So it's five objectives, two on each flank, one or oh, one on in each other's deployment zone and one directly in the center and it's you score two victory points at the end of the game if you control for each objective you mark you control one victory point for killing the enemy leader. for causing wounds to the enemy leader and one victory point if you break the enemy force at the end of the game you control an objective by touching it being in contact with it at the end phase and it flips to your control and stays that way so you can leave it and walk away and then until some some enemy model comes and flips it back if both players have models in contact with it it just goes neutral so all of the, the objectives start neutral
1: objective taking, objective taking uh, mission. And I was fighting Goblin Town. A whole lot of Goblin Town. We had the Goblin King mm. with 24 goblins in his warband. Had Golem skulking around there doing golemy things. And the guy, uh, Jake, had the invisible Golem model too, which was super cool he put on the table for when Gollum was wearing the ring. So we got Grinner with 18 goblins, a goblin captain with 18 goblins, the goblin scribe with a bunch more goblins. Or maybe he's just an independent hero, I forget. And then two mercenary captains, each with 10 goblins in the warbands for a total of like 103 goblins uh, that I was gonna be running against. So outnumbered by more than three to one in an objective mission. And at the beginning of the round, the tournament organizer came around and said that the first person on all the tables to control all four objectives would get a pretty sweet prize. So I foolishly went for that. Uh, I should have just picked three objectives, and mm. and gone for them, but I didn't. I just spread my force out over four objectives, and I I was really close to getting it, but someone someone called it first, and then I paid I paid heavily for that price. Just just absolutely got taken down down to Goblin Town by those goblins. On the one objective with Grinner, I had like seven or eight orcs and my banner and a captain facing off against Grinner and those guys, those orcs, I felt they should have at least lasted. Like I had the objective to start with. It was mine. I felt like I could have held it for a couple of turns, but it took about two turns for the goblins to kill all those orcs. His dice were just, he had ultramarine dice and those Mm. ultramarine goblins kept throwing sixes and my orcs just dropped like flies on that flank. On the other flank I had my two ogres and this was this was kinda of fun. I did get a tournament prize for this one. On the first turn my ogre ran into his goblin captain on that flank and he had the smallest goblin for a goblin. As captain, one nice does, should, indeed. Yeah, the littlest goblin leading. But he was foolishly leading from the front and paid for that <laughs> by getting just squished by an ogre. So I got a hero kill on the first turn, which scored me uh I think eighteen dollars of store credit or something like that, which was pretty pretty a nice little soothing bomb. And I tried some funny bat shenanigans in the middle. There was this terrain piece in the middle with these columns, and I perched my bat on top of it with the intention of jumping onto the Goblin Scribe the next turn, which I successfully did. And I was like, yes, Goblin Scribe, you're going to die to a bat. But the bat rolled two ones, and the Goblin Scribe won the fight. And the next turn, a bunch of goblins showed up and just uh. beat the bat to a pulp. So... You know i was like oh okay well let's go do something cool over here so the other thing that i was really excited about for this game i was like bolg is gonna get to mighty hero in this game there are 103 goblins for me to kill if i do nothing else this game i will kill a lot of goblins so my first turn i throw bolg into two goblins backed up by two more goblins with a chittering horde rule and bolg flubs it i call the heroic combat four dice and roll a four high and the four goblins get a six and i'm like do i burn his last two might no and I lose the combat, and the Goblin's, like, dewag Bog Bolg, and he falls down and takes a wound. Mm. And the next turn, I foolishly uh, got Bolg on his feet. Or maybe he didn't fall down and take the wound. No, that's right, because he was on his feet the next turn, so maybe I did get that six again. He's good at getting off the Wog. Because the next turn, I'd forgotten the blubbery mass special rule on the Goblin King. I was like, okay... I've got the opportunity to charge the Goblin King. He's been busy wading through my Berserkers, like he should, just killing Berserkers. Pretty mean, the Goblin King. So I threw Bolg into the Goblin King and botched another round of combat. He Goblin King didn't strike, so all I needed was a 6 or a 5 to might into a 6. Nope. Womp, womp, womp Three high. And the Goblin King uh, crushed two wounds off a of Bolg. Mm. So now I'm running around with no fate. Uh, you know, Three wounds total. He, I think he spent a might point in there. You know, poor Bolg's just having a rough game of it. Orcs are dying all over the place. Goblin mercenaries pop up in the backfield and steal my objective. And I was going to throw a bat around and at least just force him to camp out by that objective. Like bat swooping and plucking goblins and then running away. And it didn't work out for me again. The bat got caught somehow by the goblins. or lost another priority. Lost a move off. The bat got swarmed by the goblins. And, and down, down he went to goblin town. And just nothing went my way this game. Bulg lost his third round of combat against two more goblins. And didn't take any wounds this time but I'm like, I just want to kill goblins with Bog. But no, no goblin kill for me. By the end of the game, after I was broken, Bog start finally started getting kills. And once he started getting them, he, he accelerated and, and got up to about six or seven kills for the game, but it was just too little too yeah. late. Uh. The, uh, The big highlight of the game for me, actually, was another situation that I lost terribly, but it was just too funny. I had my ogres on the flank, and one of them, their bases are bigger than the objective, so one of them was just sitting on the objective, claiming it, and the other one was running around stomping goblins. And there's like a crowd of eight or nine goblins around this ogre, and Jake's rolling courage test, and the first goblin was like, no, and the next goblin's like, no. Down the line, does you know, towards six or seven goblins, take their courage test, and eventually one of them's like, I believe, and he charges the ogre and wins the dual roll, and the ogre backs off. <laughs> and the next round, Jake's rolling. He doesn't start with that goblin. He should have done. That goblin was brave. It was mighty. Uh, he rolls a bunch of other goblins, like five or six other courage tests, and finally comes back around to that goblin again. And the goblin's like, I believe, and charges the ogre and wins the dual roll on a six, and I rolled a five. And then the goblin turns around and inflicts a wound on the ogre. Oh, jeez. And the next turn, I was broken, and the ogre took one look at that goblin and failed his courage test and <laughs> ran off the table.
0: <laughs> oh, brutal!
1: So, so that goblin had an ogre slaying knife that had plus nine against ogres. <sighs> but,
0: Ugh.
1: but yeah, not not a great game for me. A bit disappointed in Bald's performance. Just yeah, just botched all his combats and a bad deployment going for something, you know, going for a, a sweet prize which I I probably shouldn't have done, but I I felt confident going into it, and it just just did not go my way. The final score, though, was four to eight, so I did get some victory points. I ended up controlling two of the objectives. Towards the end of the game, his luck was beginning to run thin, and mine was starting to come through. It was a little, just too little too late, but I did control a couple of the objectives. Then my ogre was on one of them, and in the center objectives, my, my captain and his guys were fighting off a horde of goblin mercenaries and just winning enough fights and pushing the goblins back that he wasn't on the objective, so... Yeah, a rough game for me, really. Mm. But uh, again, a fun a fun game to play. Gollum put on the ring and immediately turned to my side and started wandering around instead of doing golem things. Didn't, didn't manage to get into the action. So, I went down down to Goblin Town for my final game, Sam. Where did you go? Who were you playing?
0: I was playing in the the lofty peaks of table number one. Ooh, playing for yeah, playing for first place, which was you know pretty exciting, and I was playing again because I only brought evil, so I was playing against I was playing against Dal Amroth allied with Gondor, and so it was Imrahil, Furlong the Fat, and Durnhir, with a bunch of clansmen, a whole bunch of men at arms of Dol Amroth, and then Durnhir's full warband of like eight rangers, and the. Allied contingent from Gondor was a bunch of Warriors of Minas Tirith and Hurin the Tall, which is... Oh, so you're not getting the, the yeah exactly. without killing them yeah, both. Which is, you know, kind of a pretty standard if you can ally with Gondor, you know, and get that ability. I feel like you do. It started, you know, we lined up, we both were back from the center line and... I got first turn priority. That's it. I'm done moving. I didn't move anyone. Hurin the Tall was behind his whole line of warriors. Saruman said, I'll oh, sorceress blast that warrior directly in front of Huron the Tall. Rolled it, That's got amazing. a three or something or a two. It's like, well, I only used like my free will, it's like not that important. In hindsight, I definitely should have used two will because taking a hero off a horse kind of kind of worth it, right? Yeah. Um re-rolled it with my Lord of the Astari got a one well not spending three will for this or three might to make this happen and then he moved all of his heroes back behind this building where his objective was he was like all right and just ran all of his heroes away and i was like um okay i should also mention that grima worm tongue deployed with Imrahil, hill and this was the uh-huh. my only opponent in the entire tournament who mitigated grima worm tongue grima didn't do anything this game for me and again oh, yeah you? and again how did he do that? Just just kept engaging Greenwood with a bunch. Yeah, of Yeah, or he'd charge him with one, and then and and then put three other guys over. So he hit, basically caged him in. So even if I won, I couldn't fit out of the the gap because of the control zones, and I wasn't about to charge into four dudes and just get him axed. And I really, I what I should have done is I should have deployed him with Durn here for two reasons. One because I just I didn't think about that. You can't take sh- you can't take shots through him so that he would have blocked potentially four archers from shooting, which would have been great. And two... I, or at least forced to move. Yeah. And two, I didn't realize... I didn't... This was... My knowledge failed me here, which is usually pretty strong. I didn't realize that the, the archers, if you use a heroic shoot, get to reroll all wounds. So, I did not yeah, no, either. it's pretty good. And it's the only... So, like, nobody ever calls a heroic action first turn, especially if Grima's around. Except, in this instance, he that's a pretty strong likelihood he's going to especially since i ended up not moving so grima would have meant he only got to do that once instead of the two turns in a row which is what he did and took saruman off his horse and killed a reasonable number of Urukai. and and it was just it just ended up i took the center objectives and the two flanks and pushed forwards and i just it just ended up being a a pretty tough game saruman only cast two spells the entire game one of which was a sorceress blast that i think i had to use a point of might to get off and this is at this point i'm throwing you know multiple dice at each spell with a reroll, so i'm throwing it technically at least i'm having at least three rolls at every spell and then once on final final kind of turns of the game to try and immobilize him and i got I rolled. I think I might have rolled three dice and with the reroll and got a three high, and was out of might. And Imrahil oh. was like uh, three will and resisted it. So you know, they just ended up. Saruman didn't do work. Grima didn't do anything. So it's two hundred twenty-five points of my army that didn't really do anything for me. I managed to to kill a whole bunch of them, but he he had all those heroes and like forty something models, and just just of broke me pushed me back and and because this game is a variable game length naturally if it had ended as soon as i was broken because i got to the point where i was like if i can break and end this game i'm gonna hold three object or four objectives four or three objectives To his probably two and i'm gonna win so i was was never shielding with uruk i i pretty much never shield in games anyway just because pff, who's got time for that and so if the game had ended the turn i broke i think he still would have won but it would have been by like one point Mm, but naturally it went on for another few turns and it ended up being i had three victory points and he had eight so it was a major loss for me and just kind of disappointing because i felt like i had made a few a few key mistakes one of which i was like well i i now i i'm always going to remember that black veil archers have that ability and so there was you know it was like 50 50 my bad and 50 50 not knowing rules you know would have been a nice thing uh, for an opponent to say because i'm also oh these guys do this thing right these get confirming all this stuff and it's the only one i don't do so you've got to kind of assume that your opponent's like oh he kind of knows what's happening and maybe would have anyway doesn't doesn't really matter that's probably the kind of thing i would have reminded somebody about yeah, game. and then Saruman rolling poorly was really disappointing. But he'd been a champion for the rest, the entire rest of the tournament. Saruman was phenomenal, so you know it was bound to happen, right?
1: Definitely seems to be the theme for this army. You either win hard or lose hard. Just just going back over your record, it was like both your losses were major defeats anyway. Though
0: I do think that Bower Ogwan, again, because of the scenario, I think it could have been a. I think it would have been a much closer game. I think it probably should have been a minor defeat. Sort of disappointing. Never going into a tournament expecting to win, but a sniff away from it, to lose, to lose then, and to lose as harshly was was obviously disappointing.
1: Yeah. Well, listener, that's a wrap for our battle reports from Bilbo's birthday bash. Sam met his goals with a tournament winning record. I did not, but better luck next time. Lesson learned. Uh, lessons learned.
0: Yeah, and and a really a really fun event, and always fun to get two day event and get five guaranteed games, win or lose, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely a great event. Ten out of ten would birthday bash again. So, how did you place in the tournament, Sam? Do you remember where you where you placed in the rankings? The I do. Round?
0: Alas, we did attempt to find where we think it was posted, but couldn't find the actual top three players. So sorry to them. But yeah, I ended up from fighting for first place, I ended up in seventh, which Mm. seventh out of, what was the event, 24 people? So not bad, top 10, always nice. Several positions higher than I was at Adepticon, so that's improvement.
1: Yeah, yeah, and in fact, on top of giving away awards for first place, second place, third place, and the Noble Wooden Spoon, there were also awards for the greatest youngest general as well as the greatest oldest general. Neither of us are that old, so we didn't qualify for that one. But you were just uh, squeaked into the youngest <laughs> general category. Yeah, they had
0: to they had you? to expand the category because there weren't. I think there was like a bunch of people who were my age. Right. right uh, yeah. On
1: the cusp. Yeah, I think four people all the same age. <laughs>
0: So yes, I did. I uh, I was the most successful youngest general, which was based off victory points across all five games.
1: Pretty impressive, given that one of your games you got zero victory points, or, or something like that, anyway. So
0: I ended up with 32 total victory points.
1: So last episode you mentioned that you kept a tally of the amount of might that Grima had drained off of other characters, and it's time for the big reveal, Sam. How much might did the meager 33 points or 35 points of Grima Worm tongue soak up.
0: He made people use an extra eight might across the whole tournament. And that was wow. that was only so that was only three games right. because the first game he didn't use any and neither the and he didn't do any on the last game either. Wow. Wow. Fantastic.
1: Right? Good old Grima I guess if you're, if you're going by the battle companies uh, and the Ringwraiths, actually, the cost of a point of might is about five points. Right, the yeah. That's... More than so, so yeah, back. I
0: mean, barely.
1: Not to mention burning supplies.
0: Spent 40 points worth of might, burnt three supply markers, and then kept two... Black Veil archers and two men at arms of Dol Amroth out of the, the game for the entire game, like while pinning them, which is about it's close to the equivalent cost, or a little bit more than he's worth. So, you know, even though he wasn't burning might, he was, he did score his points back in that game as well.
1: Good old Dreamer. Other awards, Sam, uh, that you came away with, and I quite like this one, is called the There and Back Again Award. And what the tournament organizers did is they assigned a distance uh, between each table. So the distance from, say, Table 1 to Table 2 is one mile. Distance between Table 1 and Table 11 is 10 miles, you get the idea. And so they totaled up the distance. That each player travelled throughout the tournament, so you got a lot of miles from going from the top table to the bottom table and from the bottom table to the top table again. And Sam, you again came away with the there and back again award with something. Was it something like thirty? I miles don't
0: remember the the, the distance, but I had I had some serious drops and rises. So.
1: Major losses and major wins up and down and up and down.
0: So that was really cool. So from being knocked out of first position and also each of these awards came with a fifty dollars of store credit. Mm, And I had so much consolation. I had also killed was one of the five players to kill a hero in that last game, which cost me two might to do it, but you know, two might turned into eighteen dollars, so totally worth it. So
1: yeah, I'll take ten points to turn into eighteen dollars of store credit. Right. So
0: by the end of by the end of the award ceremony between the two of us, we had what a uh, hundred and thirty-two dollars worth of store credit.
1: We sure did between raffle drawings and and. Uh, well, no, that
0: was just um, yeah. that was just the that was oh, just right. the two the two prizes the... and the two hero kills. You didn't draw a gift card out of the raffle. I did, but I'd already. But that was that was previously oh, so. Spent that. Yeah, I spent that on a sweet Gandalf But yeah, I had also drawn a $30 gift card From the uh, the, tr- the treasure chest of Doom So we ended up walking away with or $162 worth of store credit overall Which was not bad
1: Yeah, yeah, a good haul A good haul indeed And again, just a really awesome event Not just because they were giving away a bunch of stuff Just well run um, yeah, managed to stay pretty well on schedule. Good, good crowd of players. There wasn't anyone that I thought like, oh, he's an asshole. I don't want to play him again. Yeah, um, didn't really see any of that.
0: No, definitely, it was a it was a, a great event, and I'm, you know, we both were able to sneak in right at the end with uh, yeah. Dropout So it was was yeah. awesome,
1: and super cool to run a good versus evil event. Although we didn't take advantage <laughs> of it <Dorian. laughs> next um, time. More events maybe. like that, please. I really like. Yes. It really like that as an event theme
0: so looking forward ben what events uh what events next for for you for us what what can we as listeners be excited to hear about
1: so coming up in a couple of weeks, I am going to be attending a friendly game day event. So not a tournament, but just a day where people who are excited about Middle-earth strategy battle games get together and play as many games as they can. It's listed for 650 points, but I'm going to see if I can sweet talk my opponent into playing an 800 point game with me or see if someone's up for it just so I can try some, some variations on the list um, that I just played, that we just talked about. So that's pretty exciting But even more exciting There is another Good vs. Evil tournament Coming up in July Down in Durham, North Carolina Um, In fact It is hosted or organized By my opponent Who played the Riders of Theoden list, Spencer So super excited to go down for that I think it's another 800 point
0: I believe you are correct
1: Very similar to the one we've just done So yeah, really excited to do a repeat
0: Thank you for listening to Gondor Calls for Ale. We hope you have enjoyed this episode. We at Gondor Calls for Ale are not associated with Games Workshop, New Line Cinema, or the Tolkien Estate. We hope we have not misrepresented or offended anyone. These recordings are strictly our recollections of games we've played, and are not commentaries on the character or competence of our opponents. They are intended purely for entertainment, and we hope they will be taken as such. You can find us on Instagram at gondor-calls-for-ale. Underscore 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 Feel free to send us a message there, or you can send us an email at gondor-calls-for-ale at gmail.com. As Boromir, captain of the White Tower, once said, remember today, listener, today, this episode was good.